0: So we're going to look at the Beatitudes, uh, which are these famous sort of pity statements, these short little sentences from Jesus. Um, And I was reflecting a little bit this week on the Beatitudes and thinking of what would contemporary versions of the Beatitudes look like. Um, And I found these, and I wonder what you think of these. Uh, Blessed are those who can laugh at themselves. They will have no end of fun. Blessed are those who can tell a mountain from a molehill. They will be saved a lot of trouble. Blessed are those who know when to be quiet and listen. They will learn a lot of new things. Blessed are those who are sane enough not to take themselves too seriously. They will be valued by those around them. Blessed are they who think before acting and pray before thinking. They will avoid many blunders. Sort of like them. Um, particularly the first one there's a couple of them but the first one you know felt very Irish to me that thought of being able to laugh at yourselves felt like a, a cultural thing um, and I thought that was good I thought there was truth in a lot of them but sort of second third reading I'm like are they really Beatitudes now there's truth in in, in these things and some things that are that are good to live by but are they Beatitudes like what Jesus was trying to say what exactly are the Beatitudes. What exactly is the meaning behind what Jesus is talking about? Um, You see, the thing about these things is that these these are sort of saying this is the way it is. This is the way life is. If you in life can laugh at yourself, then you'll have no end of fun. Sort of feels like a truism, isn't it? Like if you're able to laugh at yourself, you're going to laugh more. You're going to have fun. It's a truism. And if, if that's your personality, that's where you can live life, that's good. If you can tell a mountain from a molehill, tell the difference, know to get, not to get bothered by molehills, then you're going to be saved a lot of trouble. It's, it's a truism. That's a, that's a principle. It should be great to live life by. But is that actually what Jesus is talking about in his Beatitudes? This is, if you like, this sense of beatitudes as the way it is the way life is that as if the beatitudes are these these timeless truths uh, these general principles about human behavior and and we will be blessed if we can live like this if we uh, are able to take these on into our lives maybe if we're we're wise enough or maybe we pick them up as we get older in life maybe we have to have the the social intelligence or the emotional intelligence to live these ways to laugh at ourselves tell a mountain from a hill and then we'll be blessed there's a blessing in these things but i don't think this is what jesus is saying because when we read what jesus is saying it's very different i mean he says blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted blessed are the meek for they'll inherit the earth but those things aren't true in our world are they we we all know people who mourn mourn maybe in a particular moment over a particular thing or or have a mourning over the the state of the world they're not necessarily comfortable in our world and certainly the meek don't inherit the earth in our world this sense of beatitudes as the way it is the way the world works is not what jesus is saying those who mourn are not comfortable The meek don't inherit the earth. And those who long, who who hunger and thirst for justice, sometimes take that longing with them to the end of their lives. It is not the way of our world. And poverty is not a blessing either. So what exactly is Jesus saying? The other way people take the Beatitudes, uh, which is quite popular, is that the Beatitudes are the way it should be. This is the way life should be. And, 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 and I still sense this and feel this um, around the place today in, in our world. You see, while in times uh, faith or religion might be, not be that popular, the things of Jesus that people still like are things like the Sermon on the Mount. These are the bits where, where his teaching is seen as, as progressive or modern um, in some way, and, and, and people value and respect what he said. Stuff like love your enemies. In this, this very sermon, Matthew 5 to 7, is the stuff that's still popular. It's the way people should live, and the world would be a better place if that happened. So that what Jesus is saying here, is that what his message was 2,000 years ago for those who gathered around, his, his 12 disciples and the larger crowds who were listening in as well, that you must do these things. And that if you do these things, there's a reward in them. It becomes conditional. When you read the Beatitudes like this, you must be poor in spirit, and only then will you be blessed. That's this religious reading, if you like, of the Beatitudes. But it's sort of a bit crazy if you take it. If you follow that logic through, it just doesn't work. We come back to that, that second one again, blessed are those who mourn for they'll be comforted. If you read that through the lens, this religious lens, then we need to all go out and start mourning. We need to all go out and find something uh, to cry over and mourn over and then we'll experience God's comfort. If we take this sort of religious view, this religious interpretation, or maybe we all need to go and sell all our possessions and become poor and then we'll receive the kingdom of heaven. Go out and get ourselves persecuted. Do as much as we can to annoy people in the name of Jesus. Get ourselves persecuted and then we'll know some of God's blessing. It, it can't be like that. I've had the... Actually, yeah, it is, a, it is a, a, a pleasure or a privilege over the last few months to watch the series Friends again. I watched it like 25 years ago uh, when I was younger. And when you had to actually watch something, one episode coming out once a week and you had to, to, to... You know, it was on TV and you had to wait for the next episode. And now, obviously, the whole thing is just on Netflix and you just watch it straight through if you want. Um, and Cara's been watching it in the evenings, which is nice. I actually sit down and watch it with her. Um, and there's this episode where Joey, if you remember all the characters, Joey's a sort of um, happy-go-lucky, a little bit um, flaky. I'm not sure what the word is. Um, uh, character who's, you know, he's a bit of a bit part actor um, who's part of the group of friends. And at one stage he has to... to um, act, I think he's teaching, doing some acting classes and he has to teach you know, various parts and one of them is if, if you're, you're acting someone who's mourning and if you have to cry and Joey's little trick was to cut a hole in his pockets and have a tweezers in his hand, in his pocket and just pluck out a few leg hairs just when he's in that position where he has to cry and then real tears will come and then, and then it's, it's real, he's really got it um, and it would be brilliant acting because he's got real tears coming down that's clearly not what Jesus is saying He's not saying, go and fake it, go and get something to mourn about, something to be persecuted over. So if it's not the way the world works or the way it should be, this religious interpretation, what Jesus is saying here is, this is the way it is in the kingdom of God. That in the kingdom of God, things operate differently. And there will be blessings like this in the kingdom. It's all about life in the kingdom. So these Beatitudes, these lovely eight statements and sentences, are not instructions of how to behave. They're not advice, not how to go and receive blessing. Go do this and you will be blessed. It's actually Jesus speaking blessing, announcing good news that blessing is coming to these people, to people who are like this. Because the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is at hand. That's the only way to read it when we actually put these Beatitudes into the context of Matthew's gospel, of of Jesus' life and ministry and what it's saying. This is the start of chapter five. In chapter four, just before, Jesus' ministry has started. And his ministry starts, chapter four, verse 17, with these words. From that time on, Jesus began to preach. He began to preach. This was his ongoing, continuing message, the centerpiece of Jesus' teaching and preaching. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. The kingdom of heaven, or, or the kingdom of God, God himself has come near and is acting as king. He's becoming king again over this world. He's doing something. He's changing something. He's taking control back. And repent. It's an invite. Turn around and be part of this. And then when he gives this teaching, this ethical teaching, he's saying this is what it's like in the kingdom. This is how it works in the kingdom of God. That's the context. All of this sermon is about the kingdom of heaven and what life looks like in there. Um, Chapter 4, verse 23, there's the last little section before the Sermon on the Mount starts, and it's parallels in chapter 9. There's like these two bookends, uh, end of chapter 4 and end of chapter 9, which bookends chapters 5, 6, 7, and then 8 and 9. Five, six, seven are all teaching. Sermon on the Mount. And eight and nine are stories about eight or nine different healings. All these healings put together into two chapters. And they book ended with Jesus speaking about teaching healing. Four verse 23. Jesus went through Galilee teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and illness among the people. The exact same verse in nine verse 35. It's bookending it. The healing bit, chapters eight and nine. Five to seven is the teaching, the proclaiming. And what is it? The good news of the kingdom. Jesus saying the kingdom looks like this. In the kingdom of God, those who mourn are comforted, but only in God's kingdom because it's coming now, because it's starting. Something new is happening in the world. It's not the way of the world. It's not what you try to do, advice to follow, but it's going to happen now because the kingdom of God is coming. And it's clear in the Beatitudes as well. The first Beatitude and the eighth, um, again, act like these bookends, like a sandwich. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And the eighth one, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And when it does that, it's bookending and saying the whole thing is about the kingdom of heaven. All eight of them. So the people who who mourn, they're comforted in the kingdom. The meek inherit the earth in the kingdom. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness are filled in the kingdom. The merciful are shown mercy in the kingdom. It's all about the kingdom. This is the way of the kingdom. It's the way it is in the kingdom. These are the blessings of the kingdom. I want to show you another lesson. This is a list I wrote uh, this week, Um, trying to think what are the the Beatitudes of our culture, of those around us. You may disagree, I mightn't have quoted correctly. Um, I'd be interested to know if you've other thoughts of what the Beatitudes of our world are. Not of the kingdom, but of our world, our culture, our society around us. But this is a few that I thought of. Blessed are the arrogant and mighty, for theirs is the kingdom of earth. Blessed are those who celebrate and have the crack, for they are living the good life. Blessed are the beautiful, for they will inherit all. Fair play to those who hunger and thirst for right, for justice, but it's a long road. Fair play to the merciful, but don't let people walk all over you. Fair play to the peacemakers, but don't get caught in the middle. Now, I, I, I don't know what you think of that. Um, they were my, my, my quick Guess. But there was two things as I was trying to do it as an exercise, it made me think, you know, number one, the blessings don't come to the weak in our culture. They come to the, the arrogant, those who go out and get it, or those who celebrate and have the crack rather than mourning. Such a huge Irish value. Go and have the crack. Everything's back open again. Get straight in there. Have the crack. Beautiful and um, part of, I guess, the whole Western um, culture. The other thing I noticed was that actually we we'll do value. See, things, things have changed. We do admire some of the values of the attitude and some of the values of Jesus. Justice, mercy, peace. I mean, they're, they're big things. Um, certainly justice and peace in culture today. But it's not quite the same that they're a blessing, are they? That's why I, I put fair play down. We admire it in culture today. We admire and we say fair play, justice. That's you know, fair play to them. I wouldn't do it myself, but you know fair play. But we, we put a little warning at the end, I sense, you know, don't let people walk all over you. Or, you know, we admire it, but we don't necessarily see a blessing in it. And see, this is what is different about Jesus. The whole thing about these Beatitudes, there, there's a blessing in these things for those who are weak, for those who are downtrodden. And actually what it is, is this great reversal. The Beatitudes are turning the world, the values, the outcomes of our world, they're turning it on its head turning it upside down. It's reversing the values of how things are and how things work. And we see this, I guess, just reading all the blessings. Blessed are those who mourn for they'll be comforted. Because we'll say, no, we pour pity upon those who are mourning, how tough it is for them. And Jesus says there's a blessing in that. There's going to be comfort there in the kingdom. He's reversing it. This reversal is seen most clearly in Luke 6, I think, um, Luke's version of the attitudes. Um, quite a different focus on them. and They read quite differently, probably taken from a different uh, time when Jesus was teaching. Um, but a similar idea. And what we see most clearly there is because there's four blessings and four woes. Blessed are the poor, but woe to the rich. You know, blessed, um, let me go to Luke 6. Blessed are those who hunger now, but woe to you who are well fed now. And the contrast is really sharp, really direct. And what what Luke is doing is he's turning it on its head. The the contrast is just so sharp there because it's four blessings and four woes. And he's saying it's reversed. It's flipped over. You think the blessing is to be well fed. You think the blessing is to be rich. You think the blessing um, is all of those things in our world. Actually, no, in the kingdom, it's reversed. That's what Jesus is saying in the Luke's version. Probably encapsulated most in that phrase we see a couple of times in the Gospels. The first will be last and the last will be first. Everything turned on its head, upside down in the kingdom of God. So that's what the Beatitudes are about. The Beatitudes is how they become known, these, these statements, these phrases um, it comes from the Latin word for blessing because blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn. Um, beatitude is blessing, and, and what Jesus is saying is, No one is beyond beatitude, no one is beyond blessing in the kingdom of God. People who feel hopeless, people who feel downtrodden, who feel neglected or left behind, in whatever angle of life—be it economic, or social, or emotional, or whatever—they are not left behind in the kingdom of God. There are blessings for all in the kingdom. I really just wanted to get across that that one point um, today. That everything's upside down. Everything's reversed in the kingdom of God. Didn't want to go through them one by one, but the more I was reflecting, I just want to say one thing about about the first one. Just thinking, looking out at the screen this morning, at, at, at all of us here in Dublin West Community Church, just thinking of that blessing, blessed are the poor in spirit. Maybe if we, we change the language, blessed are those who feel spiritually poor, who feel spiritually empty. Blessed are those who feel destitute in terms of faith. Blessed are those who feel they're a bad Christian. However we change that language, what Jesus is saying is, yours is the kingdom of God. It is a message of pure grace. It doesn't matter if you feel you're doing well or not in faith. Yours is the kingdom regardless. So for those of us who maybe struggle to, to pray out loud, those of us who never want to come to the front and share something about how our journey is going, those of us who, who even struggle over coffee or going for a walk with someone to open up about their faith and what it looks like for them, who feel poor in spirit Who feel spiritually poor or destitute yours is the kingdom of heaven that's the words of blessing that jesus speaks you are blessed i want us to move into time of reflection so we have that big picture idea hopefully that these are how it is in the kingdom Through God's blessings in the kingdom. We don't earn it. We don't have to try to be religious. It's not the way the world is. It's how the kingdom works. And it's a reversal of the world. So I'm just going to give a few minutes. I want you to pause. They're on the screen, the Beatitudes. Or maybe you prefer to take out your Bible. And just take two minutes with them. Read them through. Reflect. And I want you to pick out the one of the eight that speaks to you today that stands out to you today, that is God's blessing to you today.